Hello, welcome to York Street. We hope that this sermon will be an inspiring and impactful one, just what you need at this time. For any of our sermon-based studies, please head to our website at www.yorkstreet.com.ae. So grab a cuppa, grab your notebook, whatever you need, and we hope that you enjoy the sermon. Heavenly Father, thank you for this, this opportunity to, to come together once again to open your word. As we dive into the scriptures today, would you, would you speak to us afresh? Would you reveal yourself to us in a new way today? And may we be able to walk out of this, this place today changed, changed by our encounter of you. Lord Jesus, we pray these things in, in your name. Amen. So who here considers themselves focused? Yeah. Perhaps you undertake a task and, and you just run at it head on, super focused, tunnel vision. Perhaps you are someone that makes goals. You, you set a series of goals for yourself and you, you methodically work through the list. Stay on track and get them all done. Perhaps you, you're really focused at work or school and you, you, you don't let things distract you along the way. Excellent. Or maybe you're not. Maybe you struggle at times, maybe like me. We struggle to keep our eyes on the prize, whatever the prize might be, the goal that we're we're working towards. Maybe we have moments of focus and then moments of not so much focus. Maybe you're a bit like this guy. Maybe while you're at work or at school, you need a sign on your back that says, don't talk to me, I have no self-control. I will talk to you for two hours and get no work done. We all have moments, I'm sure. See, the the thing with focus is sometimes it's easier said than done, right? Sometimes it's it's easier to focus on those things that bring us joy and happiness. And then those other menial tasks, well, uh, yeah, we drag our feet. It, you know, it it can be hard. Anyone here wear glasses? I can see a few of you there, yeah? Well, me too. You've probably never seen me in them. (laughs) I use them one time a year. This is two now. I use them when I prepare the budgets for the church because I have so many spreadsheets going, I need to really concentrate. Thankfully, it's not now. I wonder if you've ever come across a magnifying glass. What do we do with a magnifying glass if we wave it around out in the bush on a hot day? What's going to happen? If you wave it around, not much is going to happen, but if you keep it still... You're going to start a fire. Got another demonstration. I'm going to ask Tim to come up and help me with this one. Herein lies the, the bucket of tricks. See, it's pretty easy to concentrate on one thing at a time, yeah? And it just takes focus, and when, when everything's all quiet, it's easy to catch something when it's thrown at you. <laughs> thrown at you well. <laughs> But maybe, maybe when things are a little harder to focus on, it's harder to catch. Well, two for two, yeah? Maybe we need to provide some distraction, yeah? Maybe if we, we clap or we cheer or we call out his name and we try. And see, we know that life doesn't generally just throw us one thing at a time. Often, life's a bit more like this. <laughs> Yeah. 
<laughs> See, maybe you haven't realised yet, but today's message is called Focal Point. We're diving into a passage from the letter to the Colossians. We've been journeying over the past few weeks in our series called One Faith, looking at the early church. Now let me set the scene for you today. Imagine if you can a fertile valley with a river meandering through it in what we now call Turkey. On the shore of the river, at the junction of two important roads, is a town like many first century towns. This town's called Colossae. It's just down the road from Laodicea and Hierapolis. And as you stroll through the streets into the marketplace, you'll you'll probably encounter a mix of different people from different, different places with different religious beliefs. There's Jews and there's Greeks there, as well as all different kinds of races and cults and religious philosophies. Among the various subcultures in this town is a group calling themselves Christians. And it's this group of Christians that Paul writes the letter to the Colossians. This church at Colossae, mostly they were doing the right thing. They were, they were on the right track. One of Paul's co-workers, Epaphras, who planted the church at Colossae, he he goes to visit Paul in prison and he says, I've just got some concerns. I'm worried that they might start to to bow down to these other cultural pressures around them, that that these social issues that this this town is facing might might come against the, the Christians, might tempt them to turn away from Jesus. And so Paul writes this letter as an encouragement to, to try and address those issues, to say, keep your eyes on the prize. These are Paul's words, and, and it's our key scripture from, for today. It's from Colossians 3. And most of us probably should know it because it's actually our theme verse for the year, right? So Colossians 3, starting at verse 1, says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Paul's writing to these Christians at Colossae, reminding the the church that their, their lives are different now. Since now they have been raised with Christ, calling them to set their hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. They needed to shift their focus. Not only did they need to shift their focus, they needed to maintain their focus on Jesus. Paul's calling them to walk in the ways of Jesus, not wandering off down all sorts of paths, not not being distracted by the next new thing that comes at them, not taking a part of the message and trying to add something to it or or trying to water the message down, but growing deeper, deeper in the ways of Jesus, developing their devotion to him and seeking above all of the other things that are happening around them, all of those distractions, seeking their relationship with him. Set your minds, set your hearts, set your spiritual eyes on things above where Christ is. If you're a follower of Jesus, look to him. Makes good sense, yeah? 
we might start to be feeling something inside, feeling that, yeah, this actually could apply to me too. All these years later, 2,000 years later, there's still lessons for us to learn from Scripture, yeah? And so then, where are we looking? Where are we setting our hearts, our minds and our eyes as individuals and as a faith community here at York Street? Since then we have been raised with Christ, where are we placing our energy? Where are we placing our focus? See, the world has plenty of distractions. We know that. Plenty of things attempt to take our focus away from God. Verse 2 says, set your minds on things above, not earthly things. The text has some ideas of what those earthly things could look like. Further on in Colossians, in chapter 3, verse 5, it says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Then a bit further on, it says, Rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language. But they could be... Cool. Thanks, Ava. (laughs) Random. (laughs) So the the text tells us of all of these things in in ways that we could get sucked into following our earthly desires. But sometimes they can be a bit more subtle. Sometimes it might be our work. Sometimes it might be our sporting commitments. our, Our university studies. Maybe it's Netflix. Where are we looking? Are we looking behind? See, we, we mentioned before that the Christians in Colossae were both Jews and Greeks, right? So those that have Jewish heritage and those that, that don't. This was a common theme throughout the letters that we've been looking at, that, that people were trying to revert to their old ways. See, both groups were new Christians, right? That either themselves or at least their parents would have been new converts to Christianity. The book of Colossians was written about 60 AD. So not much time has passed between the ministry and life of Jesus and this letter being written. So it's still a new thing. So they had a past. The the Jewish group of Christians could could quite easily fall back into the law and the religiosity that we, we hear about in the Old Testament. Change is unclear. Change is uncomfortable. So sometimes it's easy to just revert back to what you know. The other group, the the, the Greek Christians, they've come from a theology that has many gods, right? So if if you go through a season where you need rain, where you pray to the the god of rain, if you go through a season where you you need to increase your your fields and your, your, um, you know, like grain and stuff, you so you pray to the God of the harvest so that the, you, your harvest might be fruitful. So it's like, yeah, well, okay, we accept Jesus and we'll just add him to the list of other gods that we serve. But that's not the point, yeah? We, it's easy for them to look at their past. And sometimes we do the same thing. We get distracted by things in our past that we can't move past. There's something that we, we can't let go of because it feels safe and comfortable. Well, sometimes it might be pain that we're dwelling in. Sometimes things in your past start to consume your focus. 
and it means that it gets in the way of your relationship with Jesus. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus, things are different now. Spend your energy and spend your time focusing on your relationship with Jesus. And where do we look? To things above. Maybe we're looking around. Maybe we're easily distracted in the world and we see the next shiny thing. And, oh, yeah, I'm going to follow that. Oh, no, there's another thing over here and I'm going to follow that. Maybe we're looking at other people. Maybe we're, we're distracted by some of those earthly desires that, that the scripture mentioned. Even within the church, sometimes we're too busy doing rather than being, like we mentioned in communion today. Maybe we're the Martha, too busy trying to do all the stuff instead of spending time on our relationship with God. Plain and simple, sometimes are we too busy for our relationship with Jesus? See, when we look up, we see things in a new way. We, we look at things differently. Things become clearer because they come into focus. And it's that new perspective that changes our practice. I don't know about you, but if you're like me, every time I turn to the newspaper or the news or um, like social media, it's like, oh, I start to get all fired up about stuff that's happening around us. It starts to fester inside you. And then you start to be angry or you start to complain or you start to do stuff that isn't actually a part of what you're about because you get so wound up about stuff that's happening around you. See, our perspective changes our practice. I love how the Gospel of Matthew puts it. In Matthew 6.19, it says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. A bit further on, it says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. So where's our treasure? Where are we investing our time, our energy, our focus? Because our perspective changes our practice. So yeah, 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 Anthony, that, that's fine. But how? How do I look up? What does that mean for me in my circumstances, in my faith walk? Because we're all different. We all have a different experience. Remember God made it blatantly obvious to the Israelites in the time of Moses? In Exodus 13, by the day of the Lord went ahead, by, by day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them in their way, and by night a pillar of fire to give them light, so they could travel backwards and forwards in the wilderness. That was easy. You can look up when there's something up there to see. Who knows that relationships can be complicated? Whether it's a romantic relationship or a marriage or maybe even a relationship with parents or your kids or your friends, relationships take work. They take energy to the highs and the lows of the relationship. When a relationship starts, whatever the scenario, things need to change. Things become different. They're not like they once were. Perhaps you need to make some sacrifices Maybe you need to make some compromises. It's uncomfortable. 
Maybe there's things you need to stop doing and maybe there's things you need to start doing. I know when we had kids, in an instant, things changed. And apparently, sleeping times for babies and going to concerts that finish at 2am, they don't work together. So we had to forgo that. It's okay. Or maybe I can't just go and buy that $4,000 TV anymore because I have other people to consider. Things are different now. I'm no relationship expert, and I operate under the, the philosophy of happy wife, happy life. I can hear you with me. But I do know a few things about a relationship with Jesus. I know that it takes intentional effort and focus. Guys, this isn't, isn't rocket science. See, like the church at Colossae, we're mostly on the right path. Yeah, we're here today because of our love for Jesus. But we, we don't want to get distracted. We don't want to lose our way. Our relationship with Jesus takes work, and our part of the relationship isn't passive. We need to invest our time and our energy and our focus into our relationship with God. Like any relationship, we have to be able to communicate. There needs to be open dialogue between the parties of the relationship. We have to spend time getting to know one another. How else are we meant to form a relationship? And it's absolutely imperative that when things don't go to plan or things are hard, that we ask for help. Communicate with Jesus. We have open access to have conversation with him at any time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We can bring before him our celebration, our sadness, We can talk to him about anything. This is the beauty of prayer. We can take all of that worldly stuff that comes at us to him. But we need to make time. We need to be intentional and focus on communicating with God. We also need to get to know each other. Jesus knows you better than you know yourself. But we need to be active in this relationship. If you don't have one of these, see me after the service. I want to put one in your hand. Guys, this is the guidebook to our relationship with Jesus. It contains all there is to know about Jesus. All there is to know about his character, his life, his love for his people, and his love for you. But we have to spend time in the Word. I'm not going to tell you how and when you should do it. You need to find your own rhythm to do that. But we need to make the time. We need to focus We need to elevate the priority. And like any other relationship, sometimes there's rocky moments. Things are hard sometimes. Who do we go to? We go to our friends and our family for support. Again, it's no different. We need community. We need each other. We need like-minded people to get around us and build us up. Because we're all on the same journey. We might just learn something from one another. We need to encourage one another to keep our eyes on things above. We need to be looking out for each other. And they might even just keep us accountable. Guys, we need community. Whether it's here on a Sunday like today, or maybe it's small groups, maybe it's family groups, or maybe we need to seek out someone for a one-on-one interaction. 
Maybe you need to find a mentor. Maybe you need to find someone that can journey just with you to help you navigate some of this stuff. See, the letter to the Colossians was a letter written to the church. The church is made up of individuals, right? A church is the sum of those, those individuals in it. If you take your mind back to the magnifying glass analogy, if we just have one magnifying glass and we focus it, we can start a fire. So I was thinking yesterday, what would it look like to intensify that fire? And my non-scientific mind thought, what if I got a series of magnifying glasses and put them all in front of one another, would that intensify the fire? So one of my mates, he, he's studying physics, and I was like, oh, I don't even know if that works. I don't, what, what's going on? He's like, no, nah, that's not how it works. We all need an energy source. We all need to have our own magnifying glass taking in the energy from outside. And to intensify that fire, we need to be putting our magnifying glasses all on the one point to intensify that fire. The one focal point. The one the one place that is central to all of our, our, our life and all of our faith, to Jesus, to start that fire in his church. I think it's a pretty good goal, don't you? So maybe this week, maybe there's something that is spoken to you today and you want to take that next step in your faith journey. You want to take that next step in your relationship with Jesus. I wonder if there's just one thing you can commit to doing today. To refocus on on your relationship with Jesus, not only for, for your personal relationship with him, but for the benefit of the church. As we, we grow together, as we as we build up his church and glorify his name. As we join together, may we put all our magnifying glasses together and focus on the one central truth that is Jesus' gospel message. Perhaps it's time to set yourself some faith goals and focus at moving towards that next stage of your faith journey. Maybe today's the day. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Thank you for this opportunity to come together to open your word again. Thank you for the relationship you extend to each one of us. May we look to being active participants in that relationship. May we focus on those things above where you are, not on all those earthly distractions that come at us. May we learn to communicate with you better, spend more time with you, and that we might be able to be brave enough to ask for help when when things get rough. May we all reflect your light into one common focal point. May you continue to bless your global church and may we join together as a collective of believers with one common goal, one common faith, to build your church and to bring you glory, the glory that you deserve, Lord Jesus. We ask these things in your name. Amen.